So there's this mountain in, in Phoenix called Camelback Mountain, and it is a, uh, it's a beautiful mountain. Like it rises up out of the desert, and it's, it's not that it's that huge of a mountain, like as far as mountains go, but compared to the desert, it's, it's pretty tall, like 2,700 feet tall up above the desert floor. And, uh, and it's, it's a short climb, but it's, it's pretty strenuous. And they say it's one of the best hikes in Phoenix because of the views. And so I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to climb this mountain and I was gonna be in Phoenix, I was gonna be in Phoenix for a, for a few days um, back, a couple weeks back. So I, so I brought my trail shoes and, um, and I was thinking, I wish that I could take us all there. Like I wish I could load us all on a bus and, and, and hike it together. But, but since that didn't work with your schedule, um, I figure I can, uh, I can show you some of the views and, and you, can, uh, you can still get the views while you're, uh, while you're on the couch in your sweatpants, uh, gray on gray, uh, bringing in the new year. And so I want that climb to serve as a metaphor, to serve as this image statement, as this picture as we start the new year, because I believe that in us, like we all have things that God is, God is calling us to this year, that there are mountains to climb, that there are, there are summits to reach, that there are new places to explore, there are dreams to pursue. The desires that he's put in our hearts where he wants us to take ground in faith. And I want to help you take the hill. You know, in the Bible, mountains are significant. God, he puts, he puts Noah on a mountain. Like he calls Abraham to go up a mountain. He, he meets Moses on Mount Sinai. He delivers Elijah on a mountain. Jesus, he, he prayed on a mountain and he, he was tempted on a mountain. He, he taught on a mountain. He was transfigured on a mountain. He was crucified on a mountain and he ascended on a mountain. As we thinking like God does some of his best work on mountains. And so when you read through the scriptures, you see that the Bible is like this mountain range of faith. But the story of the Bible is not that, that like we have to climb a mountain to get to God. The story of the Bible is that we have a God who comes to us in the valley. There was this, uh, there's this great little book called, uh, called The Cure by, by John Lynch. and uh, Not the band, it's a little bit different, but it's a book called The Cure. It'd be great to add to your reading for this year. And, and in the book, the author, he writes about how sometimes we can look at our sin, we can look at our struggle, we can look at our problems, like it's this mountain that's between us and God. And that like we've got to climb over those things to get to God, like, like God is on the other side. And if we can just conquer that mountain of sin, well, then God will be pleased with us. Then he'll love us. Then we'll be good enough. And, and that's not the gospel. The gospel is not that God is on the other side, but that God comes to us in our sin and in our brokenness and in our struggles and in our addictions. Like God comes to us and he, he comes to you. Like he comes to you today right where you are and he embraces you and he loves you and he holds you and, he, and he, he holds you by the shoulders and he looks you in the eyes with no condemnation, no disappointment, no shame. He looks you in your eyes and he says, I know, I know everything. I saw everything, I've seen it all and I love you and, and, and I've got you and you can't escape my love. And then he, he directs your attention to that, to that mountain of sin and he puts his arm around your shoulder. He says, that's a lot of sin. That's a lot of sin. Is that all you got? And he says, we'll, we'll deal with that when you're ready. Now he says, let's, let's eat some breakfast. And then he goes and he makes waffles and, and bacon as thick as a pork chop and fresh squeezed orange juice. And I tell you that story 
Because it's, it's so different from how many of us were brought up to think about God. I mean, we think about we've got to climb this mountain of sin and get over it to get to God. When the reality is God has come to us. We think we've got to get over those things to earn God's love and to earn his approval. But the reality of the gospel is that God has come to us. That's, that's the message of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. But listen, it's not, just a, it's not just a Christmas message. We can't leave that message at Christmas. It's every day. Galatians 2.20 says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so when we put our trust in Jesus, when we put our trust in Christ, his spirit lives inside of us. His presence gives us everything that we need. So when we're, when we're aware of his presence, that's when we have peace. When we, when we lose the awareness of his presence, that's when we numb out. That's when we hide out. That's when we easily get overwhelmed and avoid hard things in life. And so I want to remind you, that if you've put your faith in Jesus, your trust in Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Which means you may feel lonely, but you're never alone. You may feel overwhelmed at times, but through the cross and through an empty tomb and through the upper room, <laughs> the spirit lives in you. The spirit of an overcomer lives in you. Here's what that means. There is nothing that you're up against in your life right now that Jesus hasn't already overcome. Now, you can amen, like in your living room, you can amen. See, you were made to climb. You were made to climb. And so I want to encourage you with this message at the beginning of this year, because in 2023, there are going to be, there are going to be mountains to climb, dreams to pursue, challenges to take on. There are going to be goals for you to go after. Some of you have some significant changes to make in life, and they're going to cost you. And you cannot do it in your own strength and your own power. Maybe that's what separates 2022 from 2023. It's 2022, you tried to do it in your own strength. In 2023, you say, God, I surrender to you. I need your grace. I need your strength. I need your power. It starts with surrender. I know it did for me. I want to share a teaching um, today that goes back to a, to a teaching I received on a napkin. It was at a time in my life when I was just, when I was overwhelmed, I felt stuck. Um, I felt defeated and discouraged. Um, I was five years into a, to a three-year degree, and, uh, and I was what they call ABD, which means all but dissertation. And I just, I could not get, get traction. Um, I had received a letter from the school where they said that they were going to give me one more year to finish. And, uh, and I'd already spent the money. I'd taken all the classes, and I was just, um, I was overwhelmed. And I was ready to give up. Rhea and I have four kids uh, at the time, and, uh, and uh, we have four kids now, but we have four kids. And I just remember um, trying to keep up with that. I was working two jobs. I had two departments that I was, that I was lead, leading. And, uh, and I, was, I was, at that moment, I, I was ready to throw in the towel on school. And I was at Starbucks, and I ran into my pastor, Pastor Kevin Myers, and, um, and I, was, I was sitting down. We started having a conversation, and, uh, and I shared with him all, kind of all that was going on and, uh, and how I was feeling. And he, uh, he pulled out a pen and grabbed a napkin, and he was like, have I ever shared the ABC zones with you? And then he, he drew a hill, and he divided the hill up into three different sections, and he, he shared what I'm about to share with you um, with me. And here's what he said. He said, in every venture in life, like you have three sections. You have an A zone, a B zone, and a C zone. Every marriage, like every project, every sports endeavor, every diet, every dream, every goal, every pursuit, every, every church, every small group, every ministry, every company, every relationship, every budget, you have, this, you have this, uh, these three zones. Like in your faith, you have A zone, B zone, C zone. Some of you are in recovery right now, A zone, B zone, C zone. 
And so let's, let's break it down. Let's talk about these zones. First, you got the A zone. Now, this is the start. Like, we love A zones in life. This is the beginning. This is the dream. This is, A zones are full of energy, full of life. It's, it's the honeymoon. It's the, it's the first week of school. It's the first week of the semester. It's when you got your trapper keeper, like, already laid out. It's when you got, you got your lunch packed up, your backpack on, your shoes tied tight. It's when you are, you are excited about life in the A zone. The A zone is full of promise. It's full of new. The A zone is the new job, it's the new school, it's new classes, it's new church, it's new marriage, it's new year. Like we love A-zones, new year, new you. A-zone, it's what the new year is about. When I think of A-zones, I think of like, um, like when it's time to build a porch on the back of the house. Like that's the A-zone, that is the dream phase. Like we love the design, we love drawing it out and we get excited, we get excited. You know what I love? I love going to Home Depot to go get supplies. I love the first trip to Home Depot. You can do it, we can help. You know what I don't love? The second trip to Home Depot. I don't love the second trip. I don't love the third trip. I don't love the fourth trip. The second trip is when I go back to Home Depot because there's something that I forgot to buy the first time. The third trip is when I go back to buy something to repair the thing that I broke, trying to make the thing that I was dreaming of making. And then the fourth trip is when I go back to see if I can bump into somebody who can, I can hire to come and help me, help me finish the project. And in and, and, and any A-zone when we move into this B zone, in the B zone, if the A zone is full of promise, the B zone is full of problems. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like every hill that we're trying to climb has problems. We face conflicts. We get tired. We get weary. We get worn out. Things break down. People let us down. People don't do what they say they're going to do. So, sometimes we face challenges that we don't know how to solve. And we're trying to climb up. We move from A zone to B zone and we find ourselves in this B zone. That's when anxiety sets in. That's when we fear failure. We fear rejection. We fear losing. We fear, we fear that things are never going to change. I'm going to be stuck here forever. In the, in the B zone, we can, we can feel disappointed. We feel discouraged. It's, it's in the B zone that we're most likely to buy into the lie that we're all alone. And we're on our own. And that things are never going to change. You know what we're tempted to do in the B zone? Me on. Here's what we're tempted to do in the B zone. We go from A zone to B zone. The B zone, we're tempted to drop to the Q zone. <laughs> and the Q zone, you know what the Q zone is? That's the quit zone. The, this is, we're tempted to go from A zone to B zone to Q zone and to, and to give up. And you know what many people do in life? They cycle. They go from A zone to B zone to Q zone, A zone to B zone to Q zone, A zone to B zone to Q zone. And, and because they don't develop B zone muscle, they continue to cycle in life from promise to problems to quit zone. And scripture gives us encouragement on this. And I love this verse in Galatians chapter 6. Verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. As Paul said, let's don't become weary in doing good. Because if we keep going in proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we don't drop to Q zone, we'll reap a harvest. What is the harvest? What's he talking about? He's talking about the C zone. Now, the C zone is completion zone. This is celebration zone. The A zone is full of promise. The B zone is full of problems. The C zone is full of payoffs. This is the finish line. 
I, let me share one of my favorite C-Zone stories with you. A couple, couple years ago, um, I made a deal with my son Durham that, uh, that it, like, if he would run a mile, and you may remember this, if he would run a mile a day for 365 days, I'd give him $1,000. Like, but if he missed a day, the deal was off. And for the record, I'm not inviting anybody else in the church into that deal. That was a one and done. And, and, and Durham, he, he took me up on it. And it was, it was, it was incredible. Like for that year, he, he ran in the rain, he ran in the heat, he ran in the cold, he ran in the snow. There was one time where he ran in Van's um, shoes in the snow because he, he was at a friend's house spending the night and he forgot his shoes. I mean, he did it every single day, 364 days. And then on the final day, I want you to see what happened. This is day 365. Check this out. PR on the final day. I mean, you see, you got confetti poppers. We got celebrations, whistles. We are just making it rain, cash. Like, and we, we found out later that if you run a mile a day for a year, um, in the running world, that's called a streaker. And, uh, and so Durham is officially a streaker. Just want to put that out there in the universe. Like, we, this is, that's the season. And we have, to, we have to remember almost anything, almost anything in life that's terrific, pretty much everything that is good in life, at what time it wasn't. And if you want to have, if you want to have something great, you have to press through the B zones. If we want a great marriage, if we want great faith, if we want great friendships, if we want great, great business, if we, if we want to be a great church, it takes developing B zone muscle. And the Bible is full of stories. I mean, read any autobiography, any biography, and the page, the page turners are the ones who take us through the B zones. We read through the Bible and we see, we see these heroes of the faith who press through B zones, Abraham and Isaac and, and Joseph and Moses and Esther and Ruth and, and Mary and, and Samuel and David. They all faced B zones before there was the harvest, before receiving what was promised. They all continue to climb. And Jesus, like, even Jesus did. I mean, I want you to think about, just think about the final week of his life. The final week of his life, those last seven days, A, B, C zone, A zone, you got the triumphal entry. Jesus rides into Jerusalem, Hosanna, palm branches. There's, there's coats on the road. People are, people are declaring him king, the Messiah. And then a few days later, B zone, all his friends leave him. Praise alone in the garden. Father, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but your will be done. He's betrayed, he's falsely accused, he's beaten, he's nailed to a cross, put in a tomb. That was Friday, B-zone. And then on Sunday is the ultimate C-zone. He's raised from the dead. You know, um, Frank Viola, uh, an author that I like, he said, your destiny is the Lord's history. So in other words, here's what that means, that we're gonna pass through all the things that Jesus went through in life. Jesus had a wilderness, he had a Gethsemane, he had a Judas, and you will too. And when we experience those things in life, it refines us, it grows our faith, we put our trust in God, we lean on him and we depend on him, and, and it, it forms Christ in us. It forms endurance and perseverance in us. It forms hope in us. 
But what we learn from Jesus' life is that you can't have a resurrection without a crucifixion. And some of you are experiencing that in life right now. And I want you to know, resurrection's coming. So what I want to do for you is give you some encouragement this year as you climb. I want to give you that ABC zone as you climb. And I'm going to give you some encouragement from, from Hebrews chapter, chapter 12. Because I believe whether, whether you're starting something new right now or whether you're climbing where he's already got you, this just gets real practical on how we develop that B zone muscle in the midst of the mountain that we're climbing. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read, pick up in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let me give you four practical things that you can take hold of to help you press through the B zones of the year. It's coming ahead. Um, first is uh, I want you to consider your cheering section. What the author of Hebrews is saying is saying, consider your cheering section. Now, who is? He says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, who is the cloud of witnesses? Well, anytime we see therefore, we should ask ourselves, what is it there for? And we should read what precedes. What precedes chapter 12 is chapter 11. And what chapter 11 is, it's the, it's the hall of faith. It's talking about the heroes of faith, the Moses, the David, the Samuel, the Joseph, the Deborah, the Gideon, the Ruth, those people who have gone before us. Those people who have pressed through and endured through B-zones. So these people who have, who have moved through problems. And so who's in our great cloud of witnesses? Well, all those who have gone before us, which includes, includes Jesus. It, it includes your, your, your grandmother, a Sunday school teacher, that coach that loved Jesus and loved you. All those who have gone before you. Listen, it says they're cheering us on. I mean, with confetti poppers and whistles. I mean, they're not throwing cash, but, like, but, they're, but they're cheering us on. And, and, and they're they're, they're, the encouragement from heaven, all of heaven is leaning and encouraging you. Here's what I want you to see. You're not alone and you're not on your own. So first is consider your cheering section. Second is, is clear out the clutter. He says, throw off everything that entangles. You know what you didn't see when Durham hit that PR? You didn't see him pulling luggage. You didn't see him, him, him tugging along a carry-on. You didn't see him, him bringing um, bringing bags along with him. Durham, Durham, in order for him to run the race that, that was set before him, he had to, had to let go of other things. I wonder, what are you carrying? What baggage are you bringing into 2023 that you need to leave behind? And sometimes climbing is harder because of the secrets that we're carrying. It was, uh, it was New Year's Eve in 1843. There was a a Lutheran parish in Germany. And there was a young man who came to his pastor's door and, uh, and he, just, he just unburdened himself and just confessed um, many sins and, uh, and regrets, both minor things and major things. He just, he just put it out there. And, and that man, he experienced, he experienced great relief 
And uh, in word of what happened in that confession began to spread and what happened in his life, the transformation began to spread. And by the end of January, 35 people had come to unburden their conscience with the pastor and to ask for God's forgiveness. Now, by mid-February, over 150 people had done so. And so this, this revival, and it's talked about, it's chronicled in like a, n- a number of places in history, but, but what was remarkable is the way that it changed the community and the way that it transformed people's behavior, people's lives. And what they, what they say is that like stolen goods were returned and, and enemies were reconciled and infidelities were confessed and broken marriages were restored and crimes, including um, infanticide, were solved. And alcoholics found sobriety. And as I read through that, it just stirred my heart. And I was like, what if God wanted to do that in us? What if God wanted to do that for you? I mean, as pastors and as leaders at the church, like, if, we can, if we can serve in that way to be a safe place for you to have conversations, to work through things, then maybe you've been carrying things in private for far too long. And that this, this demarcation of a new year would be a moment where you'd say, I don't want to carry those secrets in a way. And you can confess to God. But there's healing that comes and forgiveness comes from God. But there's healing that comes when we confess our sins with another person. Because, yeah, forgiveness comes from God. And you can pray for forgiveness right now. But sometimes the breakthrough happens when we say, I'm not going to have secrets any longer. And maybe there's some, some sin that just continues to entangle you. 2023 would be the time where you'd say, you know what, I need to confess that to another person so that I can feel, I can feel free. There's a, there's a prayer that David prayed in Psalm 51 out of, after one of his greatest regrets. And he, he prayed, he, he prayed, Father, so I need a new, would you put a right spirit within me? He said, would, would you give me a right spirit? And I was thinking about this. Create me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. Renew, get, put a right spirit, a new spirit in me. I was thinking sometimes we don't need a new mountain. We just need a new spirit. Sometimes we don't need a new mountain. We just need to be free from the things that we're carrying. We need to get honest with God and honest with others. And there may be some things that you just don't need to take into the next year. What if 2023 is the year where you get freed up from some things that have entangled you for decades. I believe God has that for you. And third, fix your eyes on Jesus. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the starter. He's the finisher. He, he is the God of your A zones, the B zones, and the C zones. We, we know, and he always finishes what he started. He's going to finish the good work that he started in you. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus. We know how to fix our eyes on other things. We know how to fix our eyes on the stock market. We know how to fix our eyes on fantasy football. We know how to fix our eyes on Snapchat and on TikTok and on Netflix. We know how to fix our eyes on what everybody else is doing. He says, fix your eyes on him. Look to him. He says, when we consider him, we will not grow weary and lose heart. Some of us are just tired and we're weary because it's been a while since we considered him. And that we would build into the rhythm of our lives that we would continue to turn our focus toward him so that we would gain heart and lose weary. So that we would grow in heart. So that we would find courage. And when this letter was written, it wasn't written to a person. It was written to a church. 
And I believe the encouragement that God wants to give us is cross point, run your race this year, but don't run it alone. Because sometimes you don't need a new mountain. You just need a new spirit. Sometimes you don't need a new mountain. You just need some new people. The fourth practical expression in this passage is get your climbing companions. You get your climbing companions. You know, when, when I got out to Phoenix, I was, um, I was planning to, to do the mountain alone, like by myself. And, uh, and my Uber driver um, said, um, be careful of the rattlesnakes, which is not what you want to hear before you're like by yourself. So I was relieved when my friend Sean, when he texted me and said, hey, there's a group of people from our group that are going out to, and going to hike uh, Camelback Mountain. And uh, he invited me to join. And the group of people that I'm with, it's a group of pastors that I meet with a couple times each year. And we pastor churches all across the nation. We come together, this small group, and this group of folks where we just encourage one another and journey. And, uh, and we, um, we ended up um, meeting that, that next morning at 6.30 a.m. And so we met up at the base of Camelback Mountain. Here's actually, here's a picture of us, uh, of us getting ready to, to take the hill. And, uh, and we look tough. I mean, kind of like, like a middle-aged boy band, kind of tough. But, uh, but we're, we're up there and we, we met before, before the sun came up. And, uh, and then we started, we started as a group going up. And here's the deal. I don't know why, like we, when we started as a group, I don't know why, but, but like once we started, I just kind of took off. And I just kind of, I started, I started jogging. And, and before I knew it, I was running. And I was scrambling up the rocks. I was moving pretty quick. And I kind of looked back over my shoulder to see if anybody else was keeping up. And then I looked up ahead. And there were like these, these young, super fit, crossfitter type, you know, folks. And they were like, um, they, were, they were moving up that hill pretty quick. And they were moving so fast that I started thinking, you know what, I'm going to start moving fast too. And so somehow it turned into a race with these people that I didn't know. Pretty soon I found myself in a competition with some strangers that were half my age and just ripped up and cut up and all Lululemon out. And so I'm like, <laughs> I found myself uh, racing with these people and leaving my friends behind. I look down at my watch at one point and I see that my heart rate is around like 170. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is the end. I'm, I'm in the B zone. Like at that point, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. And, uh, and so I'm, I had somehow turned like this friendly hike into a race. And you guys, I just, uh, I'll tell you, I got to the top of that mountain in 34 minutes. 34 minutes. I know you're impressed. Just go, I, just be impressed. I mean, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't see anybody from my group behind me. I turned around, I couldn't see anybody behind me. And I just killed it. Like, I crushed Camelback Mountain. I mean, C-Zone is for Camelback Mountain crushed. Like, I, I looked out, I looked up, I got up to the top of that mountain, and I looked out, and I saw this. This, this is what I saw. I saw the sunrise. And I'm like, man, this is beautiful. This is incredible. 34 minutes. And then I just had this wave of sadness wash over me. This sadness that, that I didn't have anybody to enjoy it with. Now, I think like, solitude is important. But you know what? So is experiencing some of God's greatest moments through God's people. Experiencing the glory of God through the people of God with, with the people of God. And so I started thinking, like, maybe the question for you, who do you have as your spiritual friends in life? Like, who are the people that you're sharing um, these views of? The people who have the same values, the same spirit, the same Christ lives in them that you're sharing the views with. Like, who do you have that can encourage you in the climb? And so because I move so fast, did I tell you I move fast? I move really fast. Because I move so fast, I had like 10 to 15 minutes um, to wait for everybody else, which gave me a lot of time to just think. 
And my thought was this, you know, I think I missed the point. I think I was so busy competing with strangers that I missed the opportunity to climb with friends. And how many times have I done that in life? I've been so focused on results, on getting the thing done, that that I missed deepening relationships with others. Family, with friends, with other leaders. I thought this is the this is a picture at the top. Uh, we asked somebody to, to take this picture, and this is all of us at the top. And uh, I was looking at this picture, and as other people look at this picture, like nobody's asking questions, man, who won? Like, <laughs> who was the fastest? Who got 34 minutes? Nobody's asking that question. Uh, no, this picture is about the memories shared. And so let's go back to that sunrise. My question for you this year and all the mountains that you're going to climb, like who are going to get to share the sea zones with you? Who, who are you going to share the best views with this year? If you climb that you wouldn't climb alone, who has God put close to you who's filled with his spirit, who can cheer you on, who can encourage you, who can help you climb the mountains that he has in front of you. I want you to consider your cheering section, both in heaven and on earth. I want you to think about this. What are the things that you need to get untangled from? I wonder if your life is not harder and heavier than it it needs to be because there's something you need to let go of. Maybe there's a sin that you need to confess, a secret that you've carried, a toxic relationship that you need to just cut off, an app that you need to delete. What do you need to let go of to take hold of the more that God has for you? Maybe, maybe you just need to ask God. Ask God for a new mountain. Or perhaps you need to just ask God, God, would you give me a new spirit? What does it look like for you to fix your eyes on Jesus this year? A zones, B zones, and C zones. A prayer, may God give you mountains to climb. May, we, may he put new dreams and visions in your heart. May he give you spiritual friends to climb them with confetti poppers at the finish line. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the mountains that you will put in front of us this year that will help us know you. That we would know Christ and the power of the resurrection. Father, I pray for those who don't yet know you like we talked about where they've tried to get over sin on their own to try to reach you or get to you I pray right now in the power of the spirit that you would come to them that they would know they are loved and that right now in this moment they would they would put their trust in you their faith in you to forgive them of their sin that you would make them new that they would begin a new year being made new forgiven in their past, peace in the present, and hope for the future. Father, I pray for families that are listening to this message. Lord, I pray that you would help families see together what you've called them to this year, that you would give dream, that you would give vision, that you would give hope, that you would give words that would enable us to be centered, to come back to center, and to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. God, I pray for climbing companions. I pray that no one in our church would climb alone. Would we be people who are quick to open up our lives 
to build more relationships, build more friendships. We thank you that we have a cheering section in heaven. Lord, would you bring a cheering section here on earth that brings up there, down here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Thank you for worshiping with us, bringing in the new year. We're excited about a series that we're starting next week called Take Courage, where we want to continue this conversation and encourage you to keep taking the hill. You guys have a wonderful kickoff to the year. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next weekend.